Hi, I'm Nina Endurst. I'm Anna Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. On this episode, Anna and I discuss lifestyle and habits. Take a seat, clear your mind, and let's chat. Good morning. Good morning. It's funny, I remember something I wanted to tell you before we started recording as soon as you pressed it. But I'm just going to say it anyway, because Vanessa is a friend of the pod. Vanessa is an astrologer, and I think she reads the Akashic Records and does those sorts of things, but um, sent me a really nice audio note this morning. She was like, I haven't listened to the app yet, but she's like, just wanted to say how like celestial timed the identity episode releases with the Aries full moon and just selling yeah. this like really she's like it's a big theme right now because of that full moon and Chiron and mm-hmm. um, things that people had been thinking about like sort of pre pandemic are really coming up now and stuff and I was like, you know, it's 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 nice just to, you know, to be in alignment with the universe, you know. <laughs> totally. I've been feeling it. I think we do that all the time, whether it's astrology or not. But I've been talking a lot about even I'm not an astrologer by any stretch, but I do know a little bit about the moon and I know a lot of bit about Aries and and the Chiron stuff. And I'm just like, hmm, yeah, that that all tracks. Yeah, my natal Chiron is in Taurus, which is my second house, and Aries is my first house. And Chiron's been transiting my first and second house, and you know what? Or maybe my first and twelfth. I haven't liked it. I'm good with examining wounds. And um, the good news is, is I'm getting to the end of that which is which is nice but um i always say about astrology i know enough to be dangerous you do i you definitely do i think you're i think that's true in many areas for you i think that i'm just like i know enough to know that's where i think being ethical saves me because there's been tons of things that people have tried to book me for astrology and i'm like no i will just fuck someone up like there's no because people i i think you know you and i know from reading People really listen if you're telling, you know, uh, like, like not to to fear monger for anyone who's learning tarot or maybe reads for your friends or whatever. But if you like if you tell yourself like, oh, people know I'm just playing around or like they don't really care. No, that is incorrect. People are if you are talking about people's intuitive stuff or their astrology sign anytime you're giving someone I think kind of intuitive guidance I assure you no matter how cool they play it they are listening to every single word oh and hanging on Um, hanging on the words yeah 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 and you have no idea what can really like you know lodge with someone like that um was really humbling for me when I first started reading and people would like quote me back to me like six months later and I was like oh shit I need to pay attention to what the fuck I'm saying yeah I used to talk really fast and reading and teaching but mostly reading has completely changed the way I communicate because I had to really slow it down and be super intentional about the words and I want to do that in life anyway <laughs> but just it was it trained me really to be like what I mean is this. So I'm not just going to, you know, rush the words out of my mouth to get the words out. It's 
I have to understand that what I'm saying is going to land with someone, someone and not to be, you know, constricted in any way and block myself from just freely communicating. But it's it's very important to slow it down. Yeah, I think it's been a good exercise. Like, I mean, this isn't the mindful episode, but I do think um, most of us, you know, like aren't really thinking about what we're saying you know like it wasn't a bad um it was not a bad lesson or exercise for me to become more mindful about that yeah and realize like you can communicate in a more effective and mindful and kind manner that doesn't mean self-censoring your you know like self-censorship right you know and I think for me until I got into reading those things were a little bit convolute you know I was like no like if I don't use that word I'm not being me and it's like no like you can change a word and still be yourself that's fine you'll point you'll survive will be taken so we're talking today about something else but yeah but you have to be mindful yeah very much yeah yeah well it's funny so we're talking about lifestyle and habits and I forget I forget how we fancily said it um Maybe and like creating new habits, forming, whatever. forming new yeah. habits. <laughs> you can, yeah, cultivating, I can't remember. Forming, cultivating. cultivating. I think it was cultivating, which is funny because when I was thinking about lifestyle, somewhere I went was uh, lifestyle brands, you know. Um, but it's funny. I think reading tarot and going, um, I hadn't really thought about how much work and lifestyle have been intertwined for me because I've done a lot of work that does affect your lifestyle that you can't really separate them out or it's more difficult. But so lifestyle is (laughs) got a very sexy definition from Oxford languages, the way in which a person or group lives. (laughs) Period. Period. Denoting advertising or products designed to appeal to a consumer by association with a desirable lifestyle. The latest lifestyle trends in the retail industries. Um, Habits. That is from Oxford Languages. uh, Plural or habit. um, Plural noun habits. A settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. Then <laughs> this is obviously the one we're, we're using. Um, two, a long, loose garment worn by a member of a religious order. Or oh, and that's what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> I am committed both to a caftan and habit lifestyle. <laughs> yes, and we need to explore what that really me- truly means to both of us today. I hope you're ready. Buckle up, guys. You actually don't really wear long, loose garments. Absolutely not, because I would die. And also, I have really cute ones in my closet, and I'm like, ooh, I took one out the other day, and I was like, this is amazing. And then I walked down the stairs, and I was like, might might trip and fall, but also, you have a kid. Like, you're not running around in... in mm. I'm not. I shouldn't say you aren't. I don't know what yeah, you're doing. I don't think I've ever seen you in a dress or like... Oh, no, I don't a, wear dresses. Like, um, 
Yeah, or like a caftan mm-hmm. or anything like that. And once the temperature's above like 75 degrees, that's all I I exist in until I discovered linen, pull-on linen pants, and that became my summer sweats. And I was like, oh, this is great. People love dresses. Um, I think that's great. I despise them fully. I'm a tomboy forever. I don't think that's an offensive term, is it? I actually... I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't know that it's used as much anymore, but I, well, yeah, I don't think it's offensive. Yeah. I, I just I prefer things to be not like super feminine at all. I for me it's not even a femininity thing. It's one a hot thing of just like I just get so hot in the summer, and um, who doesn't want to wear more things that feel like pajamas? <laughs> and I like but, to go out like, in a shapeless yeah. sack. No, and it's I, wonderful. But I also think that it just. <laughs> Yeah, I guess maybe for me, it just feels like girly. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm so moody about all of it in general. Same. You know, I go through phases and I get very, um, I feel like I'm very feminine kind of in the, in the summer. And then once it gets cold, I'm like, no, bye bye. I'll see you in the, you know, once it's warm again and um, dress a little bit more androgynous and all of that. But not what we're talking nope, about today. No, we're not. I have... I- Lots of thoughts on habits. Yeah, hit hit, hit me there. Well, I was, gonna, I was trying to say hit us, hit me uh, at the same time, and it was. Oof. I've actually been thinking a lot about not as I'm not like really a science, you know, kind of brain, but I believe in science, and I'm very interested in why we do the things we do from a scientific perspective. So one of the things that I have up is the science science of habit and a a lot of this. So I don't think this will surprise anybody, but what they talk about, one of the things they talk about is like resolutions, for example, right? You're going to, you, you're inspired by peer pressure and this date that doesn't really mean anything to start a new habit, right? I think that's how most people try to bring new habits into their lives, but it's kind of setting ourselves up for failure. And I don't mean that because we can't do it, but because it's just, there's a loop that I don't think we're, we're really aware of. Right. So there's these four, um, parts of the loop, right? There's a cue number one, which is when you're bored, whether you're working or studying and this is like everyday stuff, right? So you do then number two is craving. So you want a little break from the boredom or the work or the whatever, then the response, which their example is Instagram, is literally an Instagram logo, but ain't that the truth? Okay, so my response is I'm going to start scrolling, I'm, and that is the reward. Number four is this pleasurable distraction and relief from the boredom. And so we literally loop in that all fucking day long, and we're rewarded, or our brain is is designed to seek out pleasure, right? So I thought that was interesting and I don't use that word often, but it's the truth. So if we are, this is all happening subconsciously, well, most of it, right? So it's, we can, it can perpetuate these like not so good behaviors, but that's because we feel like we're getting the dopamine hit. And so it's really hard to just be like, okay, on January 1st, I'm going to, or even just like today, I'm going to exercise, right? That's well-intentioned maybe, but I think we're missing a huge part of how um, we're designed, right? And how we have to be mindful that like 
to create new habits, we really have to create these new pathways in our brain. Big time. And if you, if your brain is dopamine deficient for any reason, which can be um, ADHD, um, I know certain uh, learning disabilities come with that. I know that um, if you deal with chronic depression, you know, things like that, you, your brain can be a little short on the dopamine. And um, that is like what Nina's talking about is exactly something to be aware of that you can fall into these traps of things that give you hits of dopamine um, and you can become hyper fixated on it because exactly you're you're caught in that loop that's why a lot of people with like ADD ADHD um, talk about hyper fixation and things like their hyper fixation meal and things like Mm -hmm. that because the executive functioning is somewhat compromised so like the idea of making yourself lunch feels overwhelming however when you're like every day I have a turkey sandwich that is isn't, you know, overwhelming that actually, um, gives you dopamine, you know, like meeting that, um, you know, urge for yourself and, and, and creating that habit, um, and kind of, uh, rewarding your hyperfixation, um, in a way, something that for me, because my tendency with habits is definitely to fall into that trap of being like, I'm going to become a whole new person tomorrow. Um, I am going to, you know, is I had to start asking myself why I wasn't that person I was trying to magically transform into, you know, and you often reassess my goal or desire for, for whatever I was trying to create and cut it in to cut it down to like 10% of what the initial goal was where I remember when I was first getting into meditation and I was like so impressed by the people who could sit in meditation for like an hour or whatever. And I was just like, Ooh, that just seems, you know, real tough. And I remember um, someone explained to me like meditating once a day for five minutes is far better for you than if you meditate once in a blue moon for an hour. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, interesting. Because I think so often I would feel shame or guilt or whatever that I wasn't doing this stuff that I would then try to like binge compensate, you know, and be like, oh, I feel bad. I haven't been meditating. I know I should be meditating. Meditating is good for me. All that should, 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 should. Um, And then would do it. And of course, like not enjoy it or whatever. And meditation was a big thing for me, I guess about 10 years ago now. That I was like, oh, but it it was interesting for me to explore and sit in the discomfort of making myself show up every day to do something for five minutes, no matter what, no matter how busy my day was or whatever, and to just like keep at it and be like, well, explore that, you know, explore what's it like when to just meditate as soon as you wake up, what's it, and to also get rid of like perfect, you know, of like, I don't have to be seated, you know, legs, um, you know, crisscross applesauce, like I can meditate in bed, I can, you know, um, 
when I get home from work, I can sit on my sofa or what, you know, like being really permissive, but being specific of this needs to happen every day for five minutes just to like see what happens. And I think I did that for myself for a month. You know, I was like, just, just try for a month. And, um, I got to like two years with an everyday streak, you know, like of just being, way gentler with myself about it, you know, and way more like if I got over five minutes, great. But like just setting a much more realistic, realistic and like specific goal was so much more helpful for me for, for creating the habit. Yeah. I think that also plays so much into the lifestyle portion yeah. of it. We don't, when we're just thinking about habits, we're thinking of them more, I think, general generally right like I want to meditate okay but meditation for you looks a lot different than it does for me and we have to allow ourselves like you're saying give permission to ourselves we don't the permission isn't going to come via anybody else and it and it shouldn't really right because you have to figure out what works in your life and I think that's what scares a lot of people and I understand that where I feel like so many people don't trust what they want or they don't trust the way they want to live or they don't see it being possible maybe. So they're like, well, I have to do it this. There's a way to do it. Right. And that's just not true. There's no, Anna says this all the time. There's, there's a million ways to live. Right. What yeah. there's this. So have you read atomic habits? No, I haven't. I know I'm familiar with it, but I haven't, read I haven't it. read it either, but there's some snippets from it that I've found interesting. I haven't actually read the book yet. So one of the things in this article by James Clear, it's something my therapist and I've been talking about, like in terms of women of how often I find, I can only, I can only speak to women. That's often who I'm talking to, you know, um, yeah, trying to I'm be. not saying it's, I'm not cornering the market in that regard or being trying to exclude, but, um, that how much like I think free floating or and somewhat irrational f- fear or not, I mean, I shouldn't call it irrational, but like maybe um, I really saw in Italy, like how much I think women still are governed by fear that if they live the way they want, something bad will happen. And I think that relates to lifestyle as well, that people are really afraid, like, if I do this or I raise my child the way I want or if I live, you know, move to the community I want or what, you know, like, whatever. Um, I think there's, like, so often this just, like, unnamed fear. There's just this fear. Fear something's going to happen. Um, it's something I tend to hear a lot with clients and, and just friends. So is that a question? Yeah. Do you, do you like, what do you, cause I think you're someone who tries to live kind of fearlessly oh, about really? your lifestyle oh. in the regards of you're like, I'm doing this. This is how I want to live. This is what's important to us. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm scared not to live that way. I am Same. I'm scared not to live that way because I, I think I die. Like I, and I don't mean to be dramatic. It's true. Like I don't see my, I don't, of course, maybe I wouldn't, but I know the right. life that I was living and the lifestyle that I've, the lifestyles that I've had have made me so depressed and so, um, a shell of myself that like, yeah, I do protect it fiercely. And because 
I love when I were just talking about this last night at dinner, you know, about how certain, um, friendship groups, often women that I, that, you know, are like feed off drama. Right. And I'm like, I don't have the time or the energy for that because it disturbs some, like the lifestyle that I want to live, which is a peaceful one. Right. Like I think if you're very intentional about the pillars of what like holds up your life, it it doesn't mean you have to be, um, closed off or stubborn. I mean, we can all be stubborn sometimes. You can be committed. You have to be committed to your lifestyle, just like you have to be committed to your habits, right? And they go hand in hand. So it's very easy to say you want to be an artist, right? Or you are an artist. And that is what you want your life to be. You want to create art. You talk, you've talked about this with your friends who've been like, to other artist friends, like, come on, let's just go get lunch, right? Like, what's the big deal? It's the mm-hmm. middle of the day. And you're like, but no, this is like my work. It's part of my lifestyle is that like I work at home during the day, you know, and I need yeah. to get up at this time or go to sleep at that time. Those, all of those habits create your life and your lifestyle, right? They, they don't, one doesn't exist without the other. So this study that was done at Duke said, university said that 40% of our behaviors on any given day are um, like our habits, right? Our habits account for 40% of our behavior on any given day. So you wake up in the morning. What's the first thing you do before anything? I, I, I usually wake up and I'm like, I'll be honest. I usually wake up and pee. Yeah. That's I mean before I do, before you do anything, anything. That's good. That's great. Yeah. And then what? I usually look at my phone to see what time it is to see if I can go back to sleep um, or is my alarm going off or should, you know, like, am I close enough to the alarm? I should, I should wake up, you know, I try not to check my social media for the first hour I'm away and that I'll look at like, well, it, it's some of it is thanks to our Instagram going bonkers that literally I just I just turn off notifications and ignorance is bliss. And I started noticing in turning off those notifications, um, it set me up for a better morning. It set me up for a better day, you know, that. I've now started reading. I'm like, um, I feel like I'm outing myself as being like people that you and I sometimes are like, oh, brother, like, how do they have the time? Like I but wake I've up started and I do my gratitude journal. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, you know, that, um, but I usually wake up and I pee so that I can then meditate comfortably without Having a full bladder if it. I figured out what time it is. Yeah, and then I usually brush my teeth or shower, whatever, and then go get coffee. <laughs> and that is um, pretty much every single day, no matter what and no matter where I am. <laughs> right. So those, you at one point did not have those habits, obviously. At one point. Sure you, did yeah. not. <laughs> You'd wake up, maybe pee, maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not, Check yeah. your phone. Hundred percent. Have I like nearly wet my pants in bed, like reading my phone, and been like, Anna, this is ridiculous. You're an adult. Like, go get up and pee pee. Like, yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> that is the grip our phones have on yeah, us. Yeah, really, because it's just instant. It's just such an instant gratification. But even though there's no real gratification, but anyway, that's a story for another day. So how? But I think it does make you feel like you've done something. You know, like. I don't even necessarily care about like, 
I don't know. Like, I don't care how my like social media did over the night. You know, it's not like I think like something crazy's happened or I missed out or whatever. But I think that it like makes you feel productive. You know, like I think you can trick yourself and think like checking your email or like firing something off before you've even like woken up, you know, like was really doing something. And I think I had to learn like, I think um, I'm a little bit of a late riser. Like I tend to get up um, by I, my rule is I have to be up and at it by 9am, which I mean, <laughs> Nina's already seen like three clients. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, not um, three. Only one. I, I only have one eight. And, uh, but it works for me, you know, but I think I used to feel shame or embarrassment or like, oh my God, I'm an adult or whatever. And I would like really rush to like get up and be moving and, you know, like overcompensate. And now I'm just like, whatever. I, I, I work, I have a different rhythm, you know, like I totally understand what you're saying. I think people have, I've, I'm seeing this so much with raising Milo and obviously everything you do, you know, your kids are watching and listening and copying or mimicking or whatever. And that he is very much his own person. Obviously they all are, but one of our habits in the morning that especially when it gets cold is we stay in bed for, well, I don't cause I have work, but I let him stay in bed until he's ready to come out. Like he doesn't, he can hang out and play with his toys. He can watch a movie. He can even eat his breakfast if he wants to. He on the floor, but like he likes to stay up in our room for. I was like, I was like, there's no way she's like. No, I do, I do. Bed. And then when you were like, no, on the floor, I, 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 I will like, let him eat in bed. I have like things down, but I'll let him eat in bed. I'm Milo has like free reign. He's also a tidy. He's very tidy. He's very tidy. Yeah. So he'll be like, oh no, mommy, a crumb. Um, but I, it's. It changes. So then we do, we don't really do school because I homeschool him. We homeschool him until like the, the early afternoon, right? Usually way will do some reading while I'm on calls and then I'll get off. He'll have a break and then we'll do a little bit more school, but just not being obsessed with like, well, other kids are in school right now. Other kids are on the bus at like 7am. So my kids should be up and at them. And like that didn't, that doesn't work for him. And maybe at some point it will, but you have to create habits that work for your lifestyle. It doesn't, we don't live like that. We're not like go, go, go people. And I don't want to raise my kid to feel that pressure. I want him to be able to function in the world, but I don't want him to feel like he has to be doing something just because other people are doing it when they're doing it. Right. And that there's so much freedom in that. And also there's like so much guilt that's lifted because you see like, Oh, he actually likes learning. And again, maybe I'm, I'm not on my soapbox about this because he's literally in preschool. So I'm not like, I don't, I'm not a parenting expert. I don't claim to be, but for us, what really works is like watching his rhythm and seeing how he feels good and when he feels good and, and creating habits or helping him create habits around that, not like forcing him to be uncomfortable to, to just fall in line with whatever it is. I could see, I mean, I can definitely think of like, that makes sense to me just like, 
as someone who grew up, like, not in a strict household, but, like, kind of, you know, like, it was in the sense of, like, these are the rules, you will follow them, you know, and, like, not a lot of debate, you know, and um, I very quietly rebelled. It was interesting how much I had to look at, like, lifestyle and habits in eating disorder recovery, and I had to sort of look at all these ways... I was like making these very like arbitrary rules and like somewhat out of fear. And like I and it's like interesting sometimes when someone like challenges you about that. Like I wouldn't have seltzer until after dark. (laughs) And my nutritionist was like, what up? You know, like why? And I was like, well, I just think like I'll just drink it all day. And she's like, it's seltzer. Like, who cares? You know? And I was like, I don't, I don't, you know, and, or like, I just had all these like really arbitrary and she's like, I think if you let yourself do things you enjoy, like during the day and it's not always like this after dark or this or after dark or whatever, like, I think you would feel better. You know, like, I think it would feel more permissive. I think it would feel more, you know, like something what I practice is called intuitive eating. Um, It's pretty if you have a history of diet mentality or eating disorders, I definitely um, recommend giving it a look see. But it's also if you, you know, like the appeal of diets is rules. The appeal of diet is like if I follow this thing, I get a guaranteed result. And guess what? Ninety five. 95% I think of diets fail so only 5% of people keep a 50 pound or more weight loss off for more than 5 years mm. want more stats about how diets don't work you can hit me up at Anna at howtobehumanpod.com <laughs> um, but it's really scary when you first go into intuitive eating because it's very much just like eat whatever you want whenever you want as much of it as you want you know mm-hmm. And when you're coming from, you know, this like illusion of control and, you know, you think you have your, your lifestyle of like, I eat this, I eat that. And then blah, 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 blah. It's like you're actually you've actually just like completely disrupted and um, thrown all of that off. And you don't actually know what you need. You don't actually know how you need to eat. You don't actually know what you want because you've like created this bizarre like obstacle course for yourself and um oh that reminds me of something else i need to tell you off pod but anyway um i digress and i think it's interesting if you can i think so often with lifestyle people are trying to be and habits to be honest they're trying to be someone they're not and it actually will work better if you think about i remember like when i first went self-employed i was living like a college student. I would stay up till like three, four o'clock in the morning. I would sleep until 11 a.m. I was like, I love this. I get to make my hours. I don't have to be somewhere in the morning. I don't have to do these stupid meetings in the morning. You know, like I big time like party girl rebelled. And then I remember going to therapy and being like, why is it giving me low self-esteem that I wake up late in the morning? She's like, I don't know, but it does. You know, like my therapist was very affirming in that. And I worked on for a year, literally just having a regular bedtime and a regular wake up time. And 
just sticking with it and not trying to make myself be someone else, not trying to make myself go to bed at like 10. And, you know, I was like, what is a fair compromise? How about in bed by midnight up by nine? You know, like that sort of thing. It helped me figure out like, how much sleep do I really need? When do I feel the best? When do I actually feel energized? It helped me notice like with certain jobs and certain like event work, like, oh my God, that takes such an energetic toll on myself that I think sometimes it's like, if you can look at the framework of like ideally having some habits and structure and things like make us feel better, but like riffing on it on the way that it feels good for you, I think can be really empowering, you know, but I understand how scary it is at the time. Like we love all these rules and stuff because they make us like feel safe and they make us think if we do this, it'll be okay. Or, you know, our lives will work out the way we want. Like, and really that's just kind of a lie, you know, like most of the stuff we need in order to like stay alive on this planet is like, you know, pretty simple. You just need to like feed and water yourself, but like, and have air, but the rest of it like really is up for debate. It really is. I think having the courage to like sit with yourself and look at your life and go, okay, I kind of know the tenets of adulthood. Like, what do I need to blend into here? Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think so much of it's like, kind of like the, the father archetype is like, you know, we th- were like, oh, dad's gonna, dads are to take care of you and to set like structure and stability and like tell you the rules. Like that's a lot of the way households mm. are run and how people think. And I think when we're kind of out on our own, whether we got that or not, if we got that, then we're often trying to mimic I it. I didn't. I didn't either. Did you? No? God, yeah. My dad no, was my... stoned in the basement it, or living yeah, in Beverly I, Hills. I mean, <laughs> I, I, no. I'm like, no, I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it was not I'm available. Like, that was my not mom. Avail. <laughs> yeah. Like my mom was definitely, I think, cause my dad wasn't that, I mean, my dad was kind of like all, you know, like a lot more bluster, you know, like all bark, no bite. Um, it was my mom. My mom was like, these, these are the rules, you know, like it, she, she channeled that archetype, you know, for, for sure. Yeah. I didn't have rules. I just had like, like anger if I did something wrong, (laughs) like that was scary. So I was like, I know there aren't like real rules, but there are some rules and I don't really know what they are, but I kind of know what they are. So I didn't have structure like at all. And I think part of that is amazing because but part of that was really shitty and also made me feel really unsafe in ways I did not understand and I'm still understanding as an adult which is a huge part of why I cling to and I don't actually mean cling to sometimes I do but more like why I set myself up the way I do because these are things that I have tried and have proven like to me that okay if you go to sleep at 10 o'clock and you your kids waking you up at six you feel much better right instead of like yeah the whole like fuck you like everyone I'm gonna stay up and just like get my freedom and I don't but I but it's actually not helping me at all it's just something I'm doing to what be like a fake rebel and so I've had to be really honest with myself over the years of what actually feels good what 
do I really want to feel like and what do I want to accomplish during the day? Not from a productivity standpoint, from like a happiness standpoint, right? Like what makes me happy and what doesn't make me happy? If I don't get sleep and this is a huge, like, I guess it feels like a vulnerable moment because I have a little bit of shame around it, but I'm, I'm getting over it. Like a lot of people have said to me, whether they're, you know, psychics or whatever, like, and just, I felt like having another baby is something that I might do, right? Like, well, you have another baby. There's another baby waiting for you, blah, 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 blah. And I am on the fence, but still one of the things that I'm very clear about is I don't have the capacity right now to be a mom to a newborn. And I am not going to pretend that I do. And that is a choice that everybody has to make for themselves. And some people are Um, built really differently and some people just like power through things. And, but I, I can't, and I know that about myself and that's not a fear response. And it's not a, it's just, if I want my family to function in a certain way, then adding a whole other human being is not something I'm going to enter into lightly. It's wild to me when people make, I don't think you cling, by the way. I think you prioritize. Thanks. I think you just prioritize it. You're like, this, this, this makes my life work. Therefore it is a priority Mm -hmm. to me, you know, like, which ideally we're all kind of doing, you know? Um, but I think we are discouraged. It is wild to me when it comes to stuff, especially I think about, um, energy and health and bodies when people make very sweeping statements, you know, I'm 42 and don't have children, but like not, um, when people are like, you could do it, you could do it on your own. You could have a baby. And I'm like, yeah, like, duh. Yeah, I know I could, you know, but like the reality of like going through that alone or with donor sperm or whatever, you know, going through the fact that you can't, you're, you're not usually doing that, um, naturally, you know? So number one, big, big fucking hassle that most people don't actually know what's involved with fertility stuff. And then the idea of being alone with a newborn makes me like, I have to, do you ever, um, like, I think it's funny sometimes when people are like, I'm like, I'm 30 years old and pregnant, but like, why am I panicking? Like I'm 16 or something. And I'm like, that's so real. You know, like I have to tell my parents, you know, yeah. and they're like, wait, I'm 30. I'm married. It's fine. You know? Like, and so I have I, some news. Um, yeah. The way I get pregnant I feel, doesn't matter. It's just, I, yeah. I am. How it happened? Not yeah, relevant. No, we don't yeah. need to talk about that. <laughs> We don't need it. Yeah. But when I think about sometimes like having a baby on my own, like I have to go like, it didn't happen, Anna. It was just like, it was just a mind exercise. You're like sweating. Like, just went like I'm tired. Because, I'm tired. Yeah. Because even, you know, like I think of you and my friend Nan a lot because you're both kind of like super moms in terms of like very hands on, very available to your child. Both, you know, often have your kids in the bed with you, which I'm like, I often, you know, every day for me. Yeah. And I, you know, interrogate both of you of like, 
don't you want personal space? And you're like, yeah, from everyone but him, you know, or like, and I find that fascinating. And I find that all consumingness about it fascinating because I don't really feel that way about anything but maybe myself, you know, like, I don't know. I, and I don't even feel that way about myself that I can't even imagine like timesing that by two, you know, like I can't, I can't imagine doing it alone. I mean, like way is awesome. He's an awesome dad. Like I have friends with incredible partners and dads and stuff and their asses are still getting kicked. And the way in which people are like, just have another, you could do it. Or it is crazy to me that I feel like, can we get out of making these like, you know, like something I love that my therapist like really encourages in me and I have to come back to you all the time is to meet things with curiosity. And I feel like in regards to both lifestyle and habit and like kind of like whatever people's like energy is like meet it with curiosity. If someone, you know, loves being a mom, but only has one kid, like ask out of curiosity, you know, like ask, I think, you know, or talk to your friend from that place versus being the like, you could do it. I mean, that is just, it's becoming more and more of a pet peeve of mine. I I will step off the soapbox now. Well, no, I get it. And also I think it's just obviously another way people project their their shit onto others and they want it to be that way for themselves or maybe it was like that in their family and they want to convince themselves everything was like this or that I I again going back to why we're here lifestyle like it depends on the lifestyle you want a very real conversation that I'm having with my husband is like well, what if we want to travel a lot? Well, what if we want to do this? Well, how will I do want to work and what, and if, and my, the way I parent is different than the way other people parent, because I don't want to send my kid to school. So then I have to think realistically, like, can I homeschool two kids of different ages? Can I take care of a newborn while also like homeschooling my five or six or whatever year old and also having a business and also being in a happy marriage like can I do that not can Sarah do that if Sarah's doing that like power to her but can I do that and I think so many of the habits I used to have or were um a response like a playing a character right like my habits were my rebel Uh habits my habits were yep I don't have habits (laughs) My habits were my yep. fuck yous, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? You, you yep, keep yep, yep, your yep. clean little fucking habits. I'm going to like exactly. smoke cigarettes yep. and drink yep. late. And like my habit, has, my favorite one is my smoking. Thank yes, you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but like enjoy your green juice. I'll, I'll have one with my cig. So I, it, I, it really was a way for me to, to convince myself that I was doing things my way. And I wasn't going to follow any rules and blah, blah, blah. So when I grew up a little bit and I realized like, hi, habits are actually um, not meant to kill you. And they do, they can, if you go that route. But what if just like an idea, what if your habits actually made you feel good, right? What would change and how would your life change? Because the sum of your life is your habits, right? Like you, your habits make up your life, make up your day. So there are a couple things that um, are some of them are annoying and obvious, but I'm going to go through them anyway. A few ways to set some new goals and break old ones. Right. So the first 
thing. And this is from um, an article that I will have the science of habit. It's in Healthline. Um, we'll link in the show notes, but I think it's pretty helpful stuff. Anyway, so the um, number one thing, say your goal out loud. So obviously a lot of times affirmations are, you know, I find them to be like incredibly helpful and also incredibly embarrassing. Like I yeah, absolutely hate them, but I love them. Mm-hmm. And so that's a real thing. I think a lot of this stuff is getting over ourselves and being like, yeah, maybe it is cheesy to write down my fucking goal in my journal, oh. but I just also don't call it an affirmation. I don't like the word affirmation. I don't like what it's become, but saying a definitive statement is, is helpful. Yeah. Agreed. So a clear, concise statement of intention helpful. beyond and, and to get, you know, into like a little bit more of the spiritual aspect, which obviously we both are, it does send a, a signal to, and to mm-hmm. the universe and you will be really surprised. It's not like we're not talking about this, you know, idiotic, like capitalist kind of now way of like manifesting abundance but it's when you are clear and when your intentions are clear and when you say things clearly or write them clearly it it has a profound effect it truly truly does good or bad so um some of the things this guy dr tom cannon is a psychiatric mental health practitioner said that people have undergone brain scans while saying positive affirmations the brain lights up like a Christmas tree, which I thought was, I believe yeah. that your brain, Have you seen that thing when people, um, that, that experiment when they like, you know, talk to like apples and plants, like yeah. one with positive, one with negative, like I believe so that, I. you know, your, your brain truly wants to believe everything you're saying, he says, which I'm like, yeah, it does. So when you're saying something else, another thing, Wayne and I were talking at dinner just, kind of reflecting it was our anniversary yesterday and so we were reflecting on like where we've been and how we you know got here and it's very cute well milo by the way was insisting the entire day like it's our anniversary like (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's the only problem with y'all being a a little trio is yes (laughs) but also to be because he also wants to marry you he was there so it it really was like he's not wrong um but he's like i do like daddy's present more than you love me and i was like okay it's not a contest (laughs) anyway so that's really funny because you're not competitive in that way that you could be like all right it's it's not a contest. Uh, I no, have enough love. That's his new thing. It's like, you loved, you think I'm as cute? You think that baby's cute. I'm like, I, nothing will take my love away from you, honey. Like, you think that baby's cute. You think Lucy's cute. I'm like, oh God. It's like that all day. <laughs> I'm like, I love you so much. Anyway, so um, when you're saying something, Way was saying like, he thought it was impossible to become a successful artist. He thought it was, he couldn't, he was like, I had zero belief and you had like all the belief. And I just, I didn't, allow room or, and I didn't really, I mean, it's easier cause he's, he's not me, but I, I, my brain is sitting there like, of course this is possible. This is what we're doing. This is possible. This is what's happening. And it really, there was a time where I was, had a newborn. I was supporting us financially. We had moved into a house that definitely was not like necessarily in our budget, but like we were right there. And I knew that moving there was going to like catapult things. And it did. But I, but it was a huge risk, right? And for, mm-hmm. I was just saying to myself, like, you got this. Like, you can totally be a mom, have a business, 
and like pay everything. It's it's totally fine. <laughs> and it now has become so not what's happening, but it's just amazing what can happen. Now there are obviously very real factors, but like we didn't have, we don't have, you know, fallback plans. We don't have parents that support us. It's not like that. We were, we're on our own. So it's like, I just was very much I can see how my brain responds when I speak to it a certain way, when I say things a certain way. Whereas if I'm like really blocked and I'm really anxious or I'm really worried and I'm repeating that, like then I, yeah, I'm stuck and things might not be going terribly, but I keep bumping up against stuff and just feeling really exhausted. So saying your goal out loud is really helpful. The other next thing is swap a new habit for an old one. So this is, I'm a huge believer in this because just telling people to go cold turkey on stuff is not effective. I'm, no, no. I mean, it did help me quit smoking, but... I got pregnant. <laughs> oh, that, that'll that do it sure too. Did. I mean... Highly recommend it. If you're thinking of getting if quitting smoking, just get pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm like... I do... Th- I mean, I've said to people... Um, I, when I, I went on a trip with my mom and I was like, I just don't want to hear her complain about it, you know? And I was like, and I'm done. I was like, I'm tired of smelling like cigarette, you know, that's, but that's the, I agree. Like it's the only time I've, I've, I've quit something like cold Turkey, but my conversation to myself was like, when you return from this trip, you are not a smoker. You know, mm-hmm. like I mm-hmm. did um, indoctrinate myself, you know, because I could see how quickly um, my brain was like already starting like, oh, yeah, but when we get back and we're not like that, you know, uh, that, re- not that there. rebel dearest won't be there. Exactly. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. We've managed to pull this off. Like, you know, when we return, we are no, we are still, you know, not a smoker and that works. Yeah. So some people obviously are like cinnamon sticks and blah, blah. If you have an oral fixation, that wasn't my thing, but I would not be afraid to have like to, to put a habit in place. Right. So their example is like, if you sit down with a glass of scotch at 6 PM, keep the time in the glass, but swap it out for something that's not scotch, right? That's not booze. Yeah. And so it'll be easier to decouple the alcohol from the habit. And then you can work on replacing the habituated action with something different. That's what this guy says. And I agree. A lot of eating disorder recovery is about that. Yeah. You know, where it's like, and I do really advocate for that with people. Like if you, if there is something, you know, like, I know like a lot of things, if you read it, it'll be like, take a bath, paint your nails, you know, like if none of that stuff is appealing to you, don't do it, you know, like figure out what a new, and I think it's okay. Sometimes I think, you know, to kind of like treat yourself. Like if you're trying to quit drinking or not have that, you know, aperitivo, like, can you make it fun by like having spritzes and making non-alcoholic, um, you know, our friend Lily, um, she on, um, Lily feeds you on her Instagram makes all these delicious spritzes and things like, you know, I like that she, is really creative about it and she does it mostly like I think for hormone balancing and things like that so I think there's a million ways you can make like recreate like 
adjusting a habit to be fun. Totally. And yeah, drinking like plain water, probably not going to last. It's not fun. And you know, and exactly. There's so many we can't get through, but the one thing I did want to go quickly through is this, um, five part framework for creating positive habits. So there's a ton of other pieces of, you know, how to start new habits and break old ones that will be in this art. You can see in this article, but so for this five part framework, discover, diagnose, prescribe, practice, pause. So make sure you understand why your mm. goal matters to you and discover, identify friction points or roadblocks and removing them is important and why removing them is, are important, is important. Create boundaries that will help you on track, keep on track, figure out your ideal game plan and personalize it to your interests and skills, which is like so important because again, if you're, if you don't like something, right, you want to move more, but hate to run. Can you dance? Right. Can you swim? Anna and I were just talking about this. You don't have to go to a gym. Practice is a huge, don't get stuck in like all or nothing mindset. You can just practice baby steps, be flexible, forgiving. I love the word practice says bar. It's a reminder that it's not about being perfect. It's about doing it. If you can do something for five minutes, like Anna said, if you can, and I talk about this in movement all the time, 10 minutes, 15 minutes is absolutely an amazing feat. Pause is the last thing. Reflecting on your efforts, which I think is so important and, mm. and results builds new links in the brain. If you don't pause to say like, I felt good after I did that, or that made me feel blah, or just congrats on doing it. You know, you yeah. might feel silly. You might feel it might feel uncomfortable at first, but it's incredibly important to celebrate yourself and pause and reflect on what you've done. It, it is so important. It's crazy. You know, like I had never thought much about it. And then I had a reading with, um, Marcella crawl many, many moons ago. And she said, I want you to make, you know, I want you to list out each month and then um, underneath each month, write what you accomplished. And I was like, well, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't accomplish a lot, you know, like, and she was like, whatever it is you view as an accomplishment, it doesn't matter. It's not about like societal standards or like, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, our our unacknowledged accomplishments weigh on us just as much as our perceived failures. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I don't know that I really understand that, you know? And then when I thought about it, I was like, oh, she's absolutely right. Like often if you are working really hard or you are really in pursuit of a goal, like, or whatever, you know, like if you're doing anything, I think that's positive for yourself you're not really encouraged to keep doing it if you don't give yourself credit or a little pat on the back or be like, it doesn't even have to be, you know, like you throw yourself a party every time, but literally just being like, for me, like I, part of why I talk about the, the dumb setting of bedtime and wake up time for myself is it felt good. It felt like an accomplishment. It felt good. I was like, I am glad that I stuck with this and did this for myself, you know, and like, didn't just sort of stay in the soup of it. And, um, that was, that was really, um, that was a moment I got to really see like, oh yeah, it is valuable 
to pause and like take that in. It's also helpful too to then realize what you're doing for yourself versus what you think you're doing because like that's what successful adults do or whatever to check in and go like, did that feel good to me? Um, I remember once when I was eating like a lot of acai, acai bowls for breakfast because I was like, healthy people do that. You know, like healthy people have acai bowls. Yeah, sure. And I was having um, smoothies, you know, and I was like, I hate it. I don't feel good. It's too much fruit for me in the morning. Uh-huh. And I was going to all these meetings and having so many blueberry seeds in my teeth, you know, and being like, yeah, guys, let's do that. You know, I'm a healthy, no, total nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Can you see my health? Um, My health showing. I'm sorry. My My health is showing. Yeah. And I was just like, how about we take the note of like, we want an easy breakfast that like look like feels good to us. It is like easy to do. But, like, let's cut out this acai shit, you know? Like, well, back to intuitive if, if, eating, d- d- your body if, might not want that. And especially, like, no. during the season, you know? Like, yes. you, you have to really pay attention to what your body is asking for, which, again, is very hard to do for a lot of us, especially when you're starting to do it. But, yeah. it, but you just notice, right? And that's where the pause yeah. comes in, and that's where, you know, we can kind of... also. I have to remind myself we're all on the same team. My brain loves a sweet breakfast. You know, my body hates it. And I have to go brain. I know that's what you want. I know you think a croissant and stuff is like, you know, you want a pastry or whatever. But remember how that makes us feel like shit every single time, like without fail. Like if that's the bulk of breakfast and I'm like, oh, you got me there. You're right. You know, like. It helps me as well in terms of lifestyle and habits to like remember we're, we're all on the same team. Like all the different parts of myself. And when this is um, uh, a callback to something Nina was talking about earlier in terms of like, you know, the the rebel, the this or that, Gretchen Rubin. She has the four tendencies. Um, it's a, pers- it's a, per- a personality profiles that are to help like, you know, make your life easier. And I remember doing that. And and the first time I took the test, I was, I was the rebel. And another time I was like the obliger. So it gives these, um, I found it really helpful because it gave language to like what your challenges are around learning things and adapting habits and stuff. It, it felt like, um, it sort of, uh, helps you figure out like, what you need to be aware of or what, how to meet your needs in a way. Um, especially in regards, I think to like change. Mm. Yes. Like the rebel generally is going to rebel against anything until they come to it, you know? And so it was like also really permissive in the sense of like, just kind of trust that about yourself, you know, that like, you know, I forget what it was, but it was something sort of like, you know, look at like, look at your life, look at your history. Like, have you made changes in the past? It's like, if you have, it's like, trust that and just know when you're ready or whatever, you'll do it, you know. Um, But if people keep trying to impose that upon you or whatever, it's just going to make that rebellious stuff flare, you know. And like the obliger, it was like, um, 
you know, you're more likely to be, to show up or more accountable, like for people outside of yourself. And I was like, oh yeah, that definitely works for me in terms of, I, I do like something outside of myself. Like, um, I like working with a trainer. I like, you know, like I like to tend, um, it's not always enough for me just to show up for myself, but yes, I'm working on a therapy, but, um, you know, like it, it was, it gives like a nice, uh, I think it gives some tools and framework for like, if, if you're like, I don't even know how to begin setting habits or I don't even know how to define my lifestyle or whatever. Um, I do think that, uh, Gretchen Rubin has, and the four tendencies like ha- has some, a place to start if like the thought of all of this is very overwhelming for you. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. We hope this is helpful. I think there's a lot of great resources and let us know what kind of new habits you pick up. Yeah. Mostly we just hope you're all living very sexy lifestyles <laughs> and you're more than welcome to tell us about your sexy lifestyle. Sure. Yeah. Just, you know, even if that's just like teaching Remember Anna's or something, less you know, rude than I am. So just it, <laughs> maybe send some of your messages. I mean, if you Anna. actually live a sexy lifestyle, I probably don't want to hear about it. If you can joke about it, then I do. <gasps> Ta-ta for now. Bye. That's all for today's episode. If you're interested in submitting a topic or want to submit a question for our advice episode, please join our membership community at howtobehumanpod.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, we're guides, not gurus. Thank you.